Hello. Hi, Gaff. How are you? I'm fine, English Gaff. No, you're English Gaff. Oh, yes. I am fine, English Gaff. You're a fine English Gaff. Uh, that's me, as yes. As opposed to you're a fine yes. English Gaff. Excellent. You've got that. That would make me Irish Gaff, then. Yes. Okay, and we're here to do another drunken time travel. Indeed. Who's doing that this time? Uh, I believe this would be your turn mm. after I've done the last two. Two, one of them being one episode. Well, yes. But. Would you like to tell the ladies and gentlemen at home or on their commute or however they're listening to this what fantastic beer we have this week? We, this time, will be drinking a, a beer called Mythos. I liked your accent there. Thank you. I, I worked hard on it. Yes, we're drinking Mythos because this is a Greek beer, mm. and it doesn't it doesn't harm at all that we're watching the Mythmakers. Sorry, the Mythmakers. Yes. Ah, uh, see what we did there. Uh, well, you didn't do anything, but yes, no. you love this, don't uh, you? Guys? When when are we stopping doing this? <laughs> once they stop making Doctor <laughs> Who, and once we're caught up. So, shall we get on with it then? Yes, when we're 72. Um, Okay, this one was out in October, November 1965. 1965. That's a long time ago. But not in Bethlehem. It's still a long time ago there. Is it? They're not in a time loop or something like that. They're in a time bubble. They they might might act like it, but they're not actually. It was quite fun watching Gav there speak because the bottle of beer went to his mouth about four times before he actually stopped speaking. Is this why you don't like doing podcasts? Because you have to speak. <laughs> it severely cuts into my beer drinking time. Yes. Um, so yes, Mythmakers, episode one, Temple of Secrets. The TARDIS materialises in the middle of Achilles and Hector battling. Hector, realising he has the worst name, decides to die. The Doctor then comes out to get the young hooligans off his property, but instead Achilles comes to the natural conclusion that he's Zeus. The Doctor, in an about-face from the Aztecs, decides that being a god isn't alright after all. Then he's escorted to the Greek base near Troy, with whom they're at war. Meanwhile, Stephen and Vicky are in the TARDIS. I'm not sure if the Doctor remembers this or just doesn't care. At the Greek camp, the Doctor is accused of being a spy by Odysseus. But just in case he's Zeus, he's asked to help in their war by Agamemnon. Say that again, Agamemnon. By now, Stephen and Vicky are getting cabin fever. Stephen heads out to help the Doctor, where Odysseus captures him and brings him back to the camp. You guessed it, Stephen's accused of being a spy. But Zeus says he will sacrifice him at the portable blue temple. But Odysseus tells him he can't. It's vanished! Episode 2 Small profit, quick return. The Doctor and Stephen come clean. They're not gods, but friends. You'd think the Greeks of all people would be fine about this. They let them live, but insist they help with the war by using their quote-unquote powers. Stephen suggests the Trojan horse, but the Doctor rubbishes this. I'll pencil it in for episode 3 then, shall I? Meanwhile, in Troy, King Priam is presented by his son Paris, not the giant horse, nor the head of Achilles, but a rickety old police box. To say he's not best impressed is like saying Plato was a bit streetwise. Cassandra wants the TARDIS to be burnt because it's a bad omen, but then she says that about everything. Vicky eventually emerges from it and is revered by the king in Paris. She also gets the new name of Cressida for some reason. Paris eventually goes back to fight Achilles to avenge Hector. 
The Greeks can't be bothered with him, but Stephen goes out instead so he can get captured and be taken to Troy. A lot of people being captured today. Oh, and he takes the name Diomedes. They'll have to hand out name badges soon. Hello, my name is Diomedes. How can I direct your sword? Once Stephen arrives at Troy, Vicky shouts out his real name. So naturally Cassandra calls for them to be put to death. Episode 3, Death of a Spy. Now it's Vicky's turn to end the war, but this time for the Trojans. Or her and Cressida and Stephen or Diomedes will die. Perhaps all four. Cyclops, the beggar spy of Odysseus, finds them and is given a message to take to the doctor, but he's killed before that happens. Bye, Cyclops. Troyus, Priam's youngest such child and the Justin Beaver of his day, talks to Vicky and it's clear they're in love. The cloying music generally gives that impression. The doctor relents and is amazingly given the idea of the Trojan horse to the Greeks. Even more amazingly, they like it. Hence the expression, it's all Greek to me. The doctor, though, joins them inside it while they wait in front of Troy. Soon Paris sees it and of course wants to bring it into the city. Everyone in Troy rejoices that the Greeks have gone. Vicky is freed, but because Troyus is jealous of him, Stephen stays in prison. Once free, she sees the giant horse within the city walls. Which brings us to episode 4. Wait for it. Horse of Destruction. Best title ever. Vicky rescues Stephen from the dungeon and they discuss the Trojan horse. That's the Horse of Destruction. Meanwhile, Cassandra's servant, Katarina, is sent to find Vicky. Stephen hides while Vicky tells Troyus that Stephen is outside the city to get him to safety. Once night has fallen, the Doctor, Odysseus and co. escape from the horse. Murder and mayhem follow and the king and Paris are brutally killed. Sandra, though, is kept alive, but not for entirely nice reasons, I'm sure. Troyus finds Achilles outside the city and kills him, himself being wounded in the process. Is there anyone left alive at this point? Katerina, well, her obviously, now goes to find Stephen. Yes, he's a human compass. The Doctor and Vicky have talked in the TARDIS before she leaves. Katerina finds Stephen wounded after fighting a Trojan. They get to the TARDIS before it disappears in front of Odysseus, leaving him wondering if the Doctor is indeed Zeus after all. Vicky finds Troyus and they pledge their love and to start again with Troy. The Doctor tells Stephen that Vicky has left while Stephen's wound is getting worse. Even Dr. Hi-Fi can't help. The Doctor hopes his next destination will help Stephen. Because they've all been of help in previous episodes, haven't they? Their next destination? Yeah. Always. They've always gone where they want to go. It's, it's like a staple of the Doctor Who series. So we don't even hear Vicky say bye to the Doctor? No. Yes, she has gone. She, uh... It's weird. They, uh... She, she she goes to see the Doctor and insists they talk in the TARDIS. So he goes, they both go into the TARDIS. You don't hear their conversation at all. And the next thing, she leaves, uh, hugs the TARDIS, and then goes. And the Doctor doesn't look entirely happy when he sees her leave. leave. But it's not like yeah. a touching goodbyes. Well, it's a bit different, but it's not like a touching dialogue scene, is it? No. I mean, we couldn't see the... Facial expressions either. No, uh, on account of them being inside a blue box. Yeah, and it being just still pictures. Yes. <laughs> so so we, we can't see the exchanges they give each other, so we can't quite get the full effect. No, I was, I was just reading about it somewhere. Which is a shame. But uh, why did she leave? Well, Gav, uh, she didn't, she was, she was sacked, basically. 
uh, this new producer that's come in didn't like that she complained about the dialogue in Galaxy 4, apparently. Yeah, her, her contract was due to run out after this story, so they just, they'd already offered her a new contract. Mm-hmm. And then before she could say, you know, whether she was going for it or not, they, uh, they said, actually, no, mm-hmm. just put her off. I can't really remember dialogue in Galaxy 4 being anything. You can't really remember her dialogue in Galaxy 4, can you? No. <laughs> Getting it, can I? I can't remember it being anything particularly bad or anything, no. Or suddenly out of character or anything like that. I don't think she was particularly happy with I mean, because apparently she wasn't entirely um, sad that she was, she was leaving anyway. Mm-hmm. William Hartnell, on the other hand, wasn't happy at all. And especially with this story, because he saw it as uh, his rule being diminished. What with all the other characters in it and everything. Because it goes for a while. Well, it goes for a while. We don't see any of the Doctor and companions for a bit. First the web planet, and now this. And of course his illness was getting worse now, where he couldn't remember lines and things. He couldn't from the start. Oh, yes. I see how it is. Kick the man while he's down. It's the best time, apparently. Which Which is what the Doctor said not to do. Because he keeps getting kicked himself. Obviously. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird. What? See, the whole thing with the, the names, uh, what do you call her? Vicky was called Cressida and Stephen became Diomedes at some point, was because yeah. there was a story called, from the 12th century, called Troyus and Cressida, which Shakespeare even did a play about. Did he? He did. Yeah. It was called Troyus and Cressida. It's an inventive name. So they were referencing that. The fact is, in, this, in the original story, Cressida and Troyes have, have, are, are in love, and then she goes off with Diomedes at the end. So that was what originally was going to happen in the script. But, but then, it didn't. But it didn't, because then Cressida had to go with Troyes. So it didn't really make much sense for that. Couldn't they have changed the names again? <laughs> what well, just suddenly was Vicky <laughs> <Yes>. and Stephen. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I'm fed up with his new name. Give me my old name. I, I want. I just. I didn't know anything about this. This Troyes and Cressida thing until I read up on it. Because it was just like, why is everyone having different names? Maybe that's what they were hoping that nobody knew about it. I mean, would they have? Like, when Stephen was <laughs> right, Stephen, you're Diomedes. When I say hello, Diomedes, you say hello, hello, Diomedes. Hello, Diomedes. <laughs> Right, when I say hello, Diomedes, and kick your leg, <laughs> you say hello. Because it was the Simpsons, right, where that happened. Was it? Where, where Homer became Mr. Thompson. Who was Mr. Thompson? Oh, it was just his name changed because oh. Tysha Bob was oh, after right, so. <laughs> and, uh, and then after they kept they did this for like a hundred times, and then Homer eventually said to another FBI guy, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> that was a good impression, that. Was it? Yeah, I thought so. Okay. Might not sound good on the audio, but there we go. It sounded good to me. Well, thank you. That's one that matters of the many millions that listen. And of course, Vicky being married off, which is what seems to be happening, happening to a lot of... Uh, Companions. Yeah. Or relatives. Or relatives. <laughs> she was his granddaughter. That's a relative. Oh, right. Oh, she's not a companion then. No, she's a family member. Well, it does happen a lot. I mean, there's them two and some others. 
But not yet. Oh, Joe Grant, yes. She, she uh, goes off because mm. she's in love with somebody. Is this some sort of agenda that's showing here? Yes. No. Whereas Adric gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> because no one wanted to marry him. Not even the dinosaurs. I think that was a fitting end for him. <laughs> yeah, I like how uh, at one point in this episode uh, it essentially becomes the Doctor versus Vicky. They both get put into the sort of exact same situation in the different camps. The Doctor having to uh, sort of figure out how to beat the uh, Trojans, while the Vicky with the Trojans is uh, revered as a god, has to figure out a way to beat the Greeks, is it? Yes. And uh, it should be said, the Battle of Wits and who's going to win. Obviously, the Doctor's going to win. Obviously. That's just going to happen. <laughs> Considering Vicky spends half her time in dungeon and doesn't even do anything until Vic until Stephen sorry reminds her that uh, she probably should do something, and she's <laughs> it's probably the best thing Stephen's done. Ever. <laughs> it's, it's not. Why is? We'll get to that. Oh, I, <laughs> I will mention what is the best thing he's ever done. But I thought it was an interesting uh, sort of story point to see sort of develop, sort of staying on Vicky as well, mm-hmm. not being. Uh, too bright this uh, episode is this revenge from the scriptwriters? Uh, I don't think so it was a guy called Maybe. Don Cotton who wrote this it was his first script because mm. uh, so she's decided to take on the role of Barbara this time round and uh, immediately telling everybody she's from the future <laughs> because that always works does, yes she does but don't uh, the Doctor and Stephen also do don't they? They tell their the, the other camp. They tell the, the Greeks that they're from the future as well. Don't disagree with me. <laughs> I'm agreeing, <laughs> but I'm also adding my own bits. But uh, yeah, they, they say that we're from the future, and they they agree with them. Well, they do eventually. Uh, nobody. I mean, just first like, he pretends well, to be a god. Yeah, he pretends to be a god, and they says, "Well, actually, we're from the future, and this is what we do." They say, "Well, we don't believe you, but just in case, <laughs> help us defeat the Greeks or the Trojans. So one of them, one of the above. We need help defeating people. Please do it for us." So we should, we sort of have definitive thing about her age, because Troyus is seventeen, mm. and she says yes. you're. Only slightly older than I am, or something? Yes. So, implying that she's 16. Yes. Possibly 15, if you uh, want to ex- take in that family. I think it's implying she's 16. I think uh, Maureen O'Brien plays her as 21, 22 at this point. Well, she seems a bit, uh, uh, well, a hell of a lot younger than I thought she was from the uh, previous episodes and everything. Yeah, I don't think she's... Well, I think she was meant to be the same sort of age as Susan when she arrived. That kind of teenage age. And she's had a thorough education as well, but then again, that's the future for you. <laughs> that's the future for you. I want to have a t-shirt. <laughs> it's not all spiffy in this future, though. Yeah, but do they have hoverboards? No. Well, just, just sticks. It's hover sticks. Hover sticks would be the best. And the mm. Doctor, I had mentioned it in the synopsis, but he's uh, yeah. he's fine with being a god now, apparently. Yeah, uh, yeah. He suddenly he steps out of the Targis, gets mis- Targis. Targis gets mistaken for Zeus, and all of a sudden he goes, ooh, I like that. He had that bit of luck about him in his voice. Ooh, I've been called a god. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
Well, it's different when it's uh, turned on to himself, isn't it? He's just, he's just not going to tell them to stop sacrificing people. Well, he's, he, ca- he can't do it himself, can he? He can't sacrifice himself? No. All other people. He hasn't got the power. Even though he, he uh, offers to sacrifice Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no one complained about that. But, uh, but he, he can't do I'm it sure straight away. sure he gets good at some point. <laughs> he can't do it straight away. He's got to do it tomorrow. Because gods need time to do their uh, bidding. Their mojo. Yeah. They, they can't do miracles straight away. Straight deadlines for miracles. But uh, he really didn't want to be called a beggar, though. He took offence to that. He's happy with being a god, but not a beggar. Yeah, which is so unlike people. Because normally they're yeah. fine with being beggars, but they don't want to yeah. be called gods. <laughs> That's just very unlike you know, all normal people. Well, I'm a beggar. Well, you do look a bit like one there. So the doctor's uh, he's meddling in time now, apparently. He's, he's decided to do all the things he was complaining about in the last few episodes. He's become a god. He's, he's meddling in time. He'll be leaving to join uh, Ian and Barbara in London next. He's, he's, only, he's been forced to uh, meddle with time, though. Is it, he? It's not like he turned up and decided, I'm going to meddle with time. Well, well he did. He did he was surely saying you were a god. <laughs> Mind you... Uh, he got carried away with the fame. Mind you, Achilles did say he was a god, so if someone says you're a god, you say yes. Well, yes. <laughs> Should I ask? You're going to ask me what that's from now, and I'm going to say, I don't know what it's from, I just know it's from something. I don't even need, See, this is great, I don't even need to do it anymore. <laughs> he just <laughs> knows that I'm going to do it. If you had to guess. I would guess Star Trek. Oh, Christ. So the doctor arrives uh, just as Hector asked Zeus to save him, and it didn't work. Well, it sort of did. It did. Well, well um, Hector Hector oh. was killed, so it didn't really work. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it was actually Achilles who asked him, weren't it? No, Hector, sorry. All right, you've written Hector. Yeah. I think I wrote that down on you. Yep. So, that's my fault. So, what are you saying? The Doctor is actually a god? Yeah. Okay. The Time Lords are gods, I have decided. But uh, I like how he turned up just at the moment when Achilles was uh, there. Were, sorry, just chatting instead of fighting. They were chatting about their gods and Achilles said, give me a sign from Zeus or something, and then the Doctor walks out the door. Yes, but I thought that happens with Vicky as well. Did it? Yeah, whenever uh, whenever they were sort of going to burn the TARDIS in Troy, she's it said uh, Cassandra was looking for a sign or something, and King Priam, and then uh, Vicky came up. Um. So that's a, that's quite interesting. There's a lot of things that are with Vicky and the Doctor and Troy and the Greek camp that are kind of similar. Mm, mirror images. Mirror images, yes. as you say. The answer was Ghostbusters, by the way. Was it? Yes. I did not know. Well, you don't know. Cause you it, it, was a, it was a pop culture reference, so... Yeah. Um, the doc- Stop doing them. Me? Stop making yes. pop culture references yes. on a podcast this about not, Doctor Who. This is not the drunken pop culture reference show. Well, it is, basically. We're talking about Doctor Who all the time. So the Doctor said that the Trojan horse, right? Yeah. Because originally, whenever Stephen said to him about it, he said Trojan horse didn't happen. It was just an invention of Homer, the Greek person, not Simpson. But uh, then he decides to make it happen 
thus yeah. giving Homer the idea of the Trojan horse from mm-hmm. the reality of, of reality. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, Homer just invented it. So now it's now it's real, and Homer gets the idea to do the Trojan horse from what happened. Oh. Okay. Or Homer just decided to invent it himself, not knowing that it actually was real. Either way. And thus saving uh, the causality. <laughs> but either way, it's wibbly-wobbly timing, why Anyway, I think it's time for a beer break. Beer break? Yay. Do, is this part of our union? We have beer breaks. I remember reading ages back about a German factory that uh, they were allowed to drink beer during work hours. That's uh, where is this factory? I'm, I'm emigrating. Um, it might have been in Denmark, but uh, yeah. it was definitely it was it was definitely a factory where you could drink beer during office hours. This sounds like the best job ever. Probably the best job ever, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, and they stopped it, so they went on strike. This was a few years ago. They stopped it and they said, no, you can't. You can only drink. You can only have three pints during your lunch hour. What? But apparently this wasn't enough. <laughs> only three pints during your lunch hour. Only three. And they only got half an hour for lunch. What? I made that up, but it could have been true. So that's when they went on strike about I'm not sure if they oh, got the, it. Re- I'm not sure if they got it reinstated or what. But uh, yeah, that was definitely the case. All I can say is the Danish rock, and I want to go work there. Mm. I, I, I'd be happy to be restricted to three pints during my dinner break. Talking about beer, yes, Mythos. Yes, the uh, the Greek beer. The Greek beer. The beer of choice that I drink when I go over to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> How much longer there will not be any beer available to you. Uh, but that's generally due to a lack of choice of beer as well. Hmm. And a lack of money in Greece. Well, there is now. I think we'd better go and give him some. Do you? Yeah. It's very uh, philanthropy of you. Hmm. Well, I just want some beer in return for it. Then. Wait, so you're not just giving him beer then? No. Shouldn't we tell people what the beer is like rather than <laughs> just talking? <laughs> It's all right. It's it's a very very fizzy lager. Yeah, it, it, it is very. I gassy. have to say, there's nothing fantastically special about it. No, but as your sort of clear sort of golden lagers go, it, it does have a, a little bit of more taste to it. So sort of like your Bex does, and it's better than the alternatives that you get in Greece. Mm. I mean, I think so, the only reason we drink it in Greece is because the same reason that people uh, climb mountains. Why? Because it's there. Not because it's cold. No. <laughs> Some bit stupid reason to climb out. <laughs> it's cold and climbing like goddamn much. Well, climbing, it's going to warm you up climbing, surely. It depends where you climb to. So, you, you'll reach an equilibrium, surely, don't you? You're nice and toasty as you go up. That's how it works, doesn't it? Yes, that's exactly how it works. Excellent. You don't get frostbite or anything climbing Mount Everest. That's how I'm going tomorrow. Oh, are you? Yeah. Cool. How long are you going to be? A couple of hours, I'll come back for, uh, for beer. Time to go away from uh, drinking, yeah. I don't see what everybody's having problems with. Yes, yeah, so back to the uh, beer? episode. Back to the beer. As it were. Oh, the episode, yeah. yes. Yes, you said earlier about what the best thing Stephen did. Well, I will yeah. now tell you what the best thing he's ever done. Okay. It's when he uh, was trying to get to Troy, so he decided to fight Paris. Yep. The city. Yes. 
know the uh, lieutenant commander from Voyager. He was excited <laughs> to fight Paris from uh, from Troy, and uh, he was quite rubbish at fighting apparently. But then he decided he just at the middle of it he just said, "I yield." Yeah. Um, and then he told Paris how great a fighter he was and everything. So Paris took him prisoner. Yes, I admit that was that was good, just because of his lameness. His lameness. Yeah. Well, well actually, the best thing he's ever done was bring Tie Fi onto the TARDIS, but that's that's the second best thing he's done. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of it, Stephen, still. If, if we must. Uh, and his lameness. Okay. And so, right at the start, when uh, he's watching the Doctor uh, uh, speaking with Achilles, and uh, Achilles is about to come into the TARDIS, and Stephen goes, The Doctor will stop him. I must go out and help him. Instantly contradicting himself. I think he just wanted to get away from Vicky and her whinging about her her ankle being hurt, which apparently she'd hurt in Galaxy 4. Yes, that we never noticed. Yeah. yeah. It was the most ironic injury ever, given the fact that we have Achilles and his and his heel, and now we have... I was going to call a barber there. <laughs> we have Vicky and, oh, and her ankle. So uh, apparently the uh, TARDIS is easily carried by hand. Was that uh, a thing? How, how did they carry it? Carry it back in uh, Marco Polo. They had they carried it on a uh, didn't they carry it on one of the uh, caravans or horse yeah. yeah or something? Yeah, they must have uh, got that up by hand as well, mustn't they? Yeah. So apparently it's quite light. Uh, on on two occasions, people have picked it up and carried it about. Well, it's it's always, it's a different uh, dimension within and out. You see, yes. Oh. Uh, well, basically, yes. So it's like a they brought uh, the TARDIS to Troy, and Vicky came up. So it was kind of like a Trojan TARDIS. Yeah, the uh, the set as much as well. Cassandra. Cassandra said a lot of things. Yes, she did. Yeah. I mean, the Bertich said something like, wouldn't be surprised if there's people hiding inside that. Yes. <laughs> so as it turned up. She says that about everything. Yeah. <laughs> Here, do you want this? Do you want this fabulous jeweled necklace? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there's someone hiding in that necklace. <laughs> I've built you a giant birthday cake. What, the, ten, the 11th Doctor's hiding yeah. inside it? <laughs> One thing, though, why no Helen of Troy? She was mentioned, but we didn't ever see her. The the counterfather, probably. <laughs> she is supposed to be the most beautiful woman in the entire world, and they couldn't find the most beautiful woman in the world. They couldn't. Oh, they knew they were going to destroy this, so it uh, would. Uh... <laughs> they didn't need. Apparently, we haven't spent so much money on it. Like <laughs> so we'll just build a paper c- cutouts of the uh, horse, and <laughs> oh, it was made of mastics. Mastics, was it? Well, it looked like it was. No, whether it was or not. It looked pretty good. It looked more like uh, ice cream and lollipop sticks. And then uh, one bit, uh, when Achilles and Hector were fighting, I think it was Achilles said that he was a dark, dodging decadent. I'm not even sure what that means. But uh, yeah. Stanley, eat your heart out. And I'm not even <laughs> sure what that means either. What does eat your heart what? out even mean? Um... I know what it means, but I mean, what does it mean? Uh, oh, uh, do you know this? I don't even know. No. It's, Why I, would you I want can't to, even have the guess. Why would you want to eat your own heart out? 
<laughs> and how could you? <laughs> yeah, people can't even fillet themselves. How are they supposed to eat their own heart? Well, some people can. What, eat their own heart? And fillet themselves oh, at, right. at the same time. <laughs> but uh, moving on, uh, I think my favourite moment of the episode. Oh, yes, do tell. Yeah. Uh, Stephen is hiding from the Trojans. Because this only works in the reconstruction. Oh, right. <laughs> but he's hide, he hides from the reconstruction. He's, he's he hides behind from him. the reconstruction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't blame him. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, hiding from the Trojans. <laughs> but he's hiding behind a bush. And the music is... It just goes on a, a loop for about four times with him popping up and the music crescendoing. And then the children turn up and he hides behind a bush and the music crescendos again. And it just repeats constantly till it's funny. Yes. <laughs> I, I, uh, should I put music in here? Why or will not? people then realise it wasn't as funny as you thought it was? He's actually got tears in his eyes. He's <laughs> just making him laugh so much. It is great. Hard work. It might only work with audio, but here's the music anyway. Uh, despite this being a reconstruction, there yeah. were a few a few <laughs> clips of like seconds each throughout the uh, reconstruction we watched. Yeah, but it, it seemed like they recycled them from other episodes. But there were a few clips that that yeah, there were there were yeah. that they had recycled. But there was there were other ones that were that were did exist within mm. the episode. Well, they usually is with the the only thing with the reconstruction. Well, well they're not always, but you know sometimes they have a few clips. But they, uh, they, they, were, they were like, they like took me out of the story. Because <laughs> you're watching it and it's just like pictures and text to tell you what's happening. And then, and then they actually start moving and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, yeah, where possible, they try to add like smoke effects and yeah. they try to add animation and stuff like that. And, and there's just like, specifically with uh, Cyclops. They are like various backgrounds with him just like photoshopped into the background of <laughs> just spying on different people. See, I would like it in future Doctor Who's if they just photoshop Cyclops into more things. I'm not sure the point of him. It, it was just for comedy, I think. But it's just, it's just pointless. No. There's no point to the character. I mean, it didn't move the story on any. I mean, if they didn't have him, it wouldn't have changed anything. I no. But then I think that about Cyclops and the X-Men too. I'm not sure of the mm. point of him. He's bland. I, I used Plus, to like him. You used to like him. I know. But what about now? I'm, I'm not really into the X-Men anymore. I've, uh, I've stopped reading. But he, but he, he does have the best power, though. When he mm. opens his eyes, people die. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it just doesn't know who dies. No. Shit, I didn't mean to go for it. He, he, he has to judge on who dies by their voice. And if he comes across an impersonator, he could have made a mistake. He could have thought he'd killed somebody when he hasn't. So was he your favourite the next man? I wouldn't say he was my favourite, but... Who's your favourite? If you say Wolverine, we're moving right on. <laughs> no, uh, Rogue was also my favourite. Oh, Rogue was your favourite? Yeah. I don't know what she's doing these days, though. Ah, moving on to the uh, the gods, then. <laughs> Let's move on to the gods. From the mutants to the gods. 
I'm sure that was an X-Men comic title. Yeah, they uh, they didn't seem to treat the gods with uh, much respect. I thought that as well. I mean, these are fucking gods where they can kill you to death. They can open their eyes and you will die. And uh, they didn't seem to care. Yeah, the... This, it seemed to me that the treat that she lived her life like a candle in the wind. No, no, okay, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Okay, but like like an old school friend that the sort of used to bully, but now has a bit of power. Do you know anyone like this? <laughs> no, I don't. So kind of like <laughs> Gary Mitchell in Star Trek, but they're all very friendly and dismissive of the gods, apparently. Yeah. I wonder if they actually were in that time. Who knows? Who can see? It's an interesting idea. But yeah, they certainly didn't revere them as gods and bow down to them. So like, uh, I'm your god. Yes, you are, aren't you? Ha ha ha. Look at your face. No, I'm your god. I will strike you down with lightning and I want to go back to them. No, you can't go back to your temple, god. You're coming with us. And we're not accepting no. You don't do that with your gods. Well, no. I mean, if if a, if a god did decide to suddenly appear, then uh, yeah, you don't you don't make fun of them. And then uh, move on to Odysseus. I did think the guy that played Odysseus looked more like David Brent than I ever thought that Odysseus looked like. David Brent, really. Indeed, you might remember him from the British Office. Yes, I do. But. Uh, Judging by the stills that they chose to use on the uh, reconstruction, he looked like the sort of like campest, wimpiest person I've ever seen on Doctor Who yet. Odysseus? Yeah. Odysseus? Yeah. Really? Really, yeah. Sure, he was wearing armour, but it, it looked like it was three sizes too big for him. He also had the weedy expression on his face. Odysseus? Yeah. Are you sure it's Odysseus you're talking yes, about? Yes, I'm sure. Okay. I've made sure to make point of it this time <laughs> on the last watch. Hmm. Well, he certainly didn't look like the guy from Odysseus Critter's Hero of Them All, which I remember from, like, the 80s or 90s. It was like a story that uh, Tony Robinson wrote. Mm-hmm. I've not Tony Robinson and Richard Curtis. It was great at the time I loved it, but I can I can't find it anywhere on the internet, or you can buy it or anything anymore. The internet has failed. It has failed again. All the more reason I need to turn it off. <laughs> Are you going to turn it off and turn it back on again? I think it needs a reboot. I'm going to install a better uh, sort of virus software on it this time. Stop the plebs getting on it and the stupid people. It's going to have an IQ test before you're allowed on it. <laughs> it's going to ask you to spell simple words like you apostrophe R. Well, funny you should like say that. IQ test. Did you know that if you have a couple of beers, you're actually uh, more likely to do better in your problem solving than uh, than if you're just completely sober? I have not heard uh, anything about this. I have read it in the latest Focus magazine. Interesting. I shall read it sometime after you. Yes, you will. <laughs> but then we do feel the same about uh, playing snooker or pool. 
get a couple of beers to relax yourself. And yeah, it's like a bell curve. It's like you do, you do, you do a bit better with more beer, and then when you have too slightly too much beer, you start dropping off, and then you're doing rubbish. It's an interesting hypothesis. Yes, I will have to test this out. I, I want fortunately, these, I, want I have to use. Yeah, fortunately, I have to use beer to do this. You no, you're the control group. No. <laughs> This is becoming rubbish. A couple of a couple of good working episode titles uh, for this one. Mm. I liked one of them was Zusek Machina or Machina. Mm. I do like that one. And there was a, there was a, <laughs> it, it is very good. And there was a. Uh, I wish they would have called it that. I know. Instead, they called episode. What do they call episode one instead? Mm. Temple of Secrets. Zusek Machina was a lot better. Temple of Secrets. And another one was, uh, is there a doctor in the horse? Because there is a series of books or movies called Is the Doctor in the House? Ah, uh, comedy. Comedy indeed. We have to say that in one of these things. Don't we? So just uh, as a side before we uh, head off the uh, discussion, uh, as part of the Doctor's deliberations and plans to sort of defeat or invade the Troy, mm-hmm. the Troy, the tribe. Yes. <laughs> You're, you've, you've caught in a loop there. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he proposed the use of uh, sort of making planes to fly. But, uh, but the, speaking of flight, the uh, sort of just uh, going into the science a little bit here. Here comes the science. Was, uh, the, generally, what people were taught in school, and this is what I was taught in school as well, is that because of the uh, curved surface on the top of the wing, the uh, air has got further to travel than it has underneath, so it moves faster to keep up with the air on the bottom, which creates the lower pressure on top, which creates the lift. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually the case. I mean, the curved air, it actually it makes the air above move faster, but it doesn't move at the same rate as the air underneath. It doesn't keep away. It moves faster. It overtakes it and goes way past. It doesn't travel at the same rate across the ring. Ring? <laughs> across the wing. You had three beers at lunch again, didn't you? I had three beers at lunch. So could a aircraft take off on a treadmill? No. Why not? Or is that just a guess? No, because <laughs> it is not moving through the air. Good point. The uh, wheels would spin really fast, though. Yes, they would. <laughs> okay. Depending how fast the treadmill was. What happens if they but had a wind tunnel set up in <laughs> front of it? If they had a wind tunnel set in front of it, I would surmise that the plane would indeed lift. Really? If the wind tunnel was uh, at the right speed. Someone needs to test this out. I cannot see any reason why it would not. But obviously there's there's not just that involved. There's... A whole complex aerodynamic science to go into it, which I really try looking into, but it's just far too complex for me. I mean, there's all circulation vents as well that goes into it, but the main thing is that the air doesn't travel above and below at the same rate, well, faster across top because it's got a high distance creating the air pressure. It's nearly right, but not quite. Right. So, companion then. Well, we yeah. have a new companion, this one, Katarina. We'll talk about her in the next episode, I think. Yes. Um, 
I think Paris should be. She should, they should have taken him on as a companion, apart from the fact he was killed. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, highly entertaining all throughout. I mean, he 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 was the standout character, admittedly. I think so. He was just very funny. Yes, he was. And he was terribly posh. But it it, it was like accidentally funny as well. It was, it's not like it was trying to be funny. It just happened to be funny. See yeah. I do. Yeah. So I think is is an obvious choice for the companion, but I would like to have seen uh, Menelaus as a companion. Why is that? Because I thought he was actually trying to be funny. I thought for the short time that he was on, I thought he was brilliant, he was funny and he would have brought some nice comedic relief. And he wasn't taking any shit from his brother. <laughs> Agamemnon. Agamemnon. Who was trying to get him killed. Well, that's Agamemnon for you. He was, why don't you go and fight the uh, the Trojans' uh, best warrior? Who was, that was supposed to be part... No, it was Hector, wasn't it? It was Hector, yes. Who uh, Achilles the doofus uh, accidentally killed when uh, Zeus turned up and distracted him. And... Oh, here we go. And he drinks as well. Yes, he does drink. Probably because his brother was trying to get him killed. Yes. It did say he was drinking to forget he was his brother. <laughs> so what's your quote of the episode? Uh, well, mine, I'm going to have to say it was during when the Doctor was sort of giving one of his plans. He's talking about the sort of catapult he's setting up. And was it Odysseus who comes out with almost like a punchline to the Doctor's explanation? Well, we'll listen now. The catapult is, uh, well, you could make one for yourself out of strips of oxide and secure both ends and then stretch it out like a bowstring. Hmm? I see. Hmm? Then you uh, pour water over it, let it dry in the sun, and what happens then? Hmm? It begins to smell. It's just like old-time jokes. Old-timey jokes. Old-timey jokes. Where's my washboard? And so, Gaff, uh, I ask as asking me as I might, <laughs> what is your quote? My quote, as well you know, is from the new companion, Katarina. And this is her to the doctor in the TARDIS with the lead piping. Strange God, you bring me peace. No, I, I don't know what Vicky has advised you, but... Oh, the priestess Cressida told me all would be well, and I knew it was to come. What was to come, my That I was to die. My dear child, you're not dead, that's nonsense. This is not Troy. This is not even the world. This is the journey through the beyond. Well, as you wish. Thank you. Yes, 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 as you wish, my child. Now, I want you to keep an eye on that young man, will you? Hmm? Yes, great God. His name is Stephen. And remember, Katrina, you must call me Doctor. Oh, as you wish, Doc. I am not a Doc. I am not a God. Yes, so that's a nice little introduction to to her. Although, she didn't have lead piping. You're going to be continuity about it. Uh, I'm all about it. It was a dagger. Final thoughts? I'm not too enamoured with this story myself. No, it, 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 no it's, it's alright. It's average. I think yeah. it could have been a lot better, but... Uh... Yeah, though, there were bits of it that were alright, but they did a lot of, I'll say, jumping about, sort of like introducing bits of the story that was relevant that hadn't been mentioned before. They just... It just sort of like jumped about all the time. Hmm. See, see, my notes for each of the four episodes were basically, is this a comedy? Uh, Almost a comedy, 
Ah, uh, comedy, and then definitely not. Because it just was quite joy. It was like a comedy, <coughs> and then the fourth episode, everyone just gets killed, or it's strongly implied that they're going to be raped. So it's not a comedy anymore, is it? And then Vicky leaves. I mean, how can it be a comedy then? One of the uh, better companions. No, she's the best one so far. So on to the questions then. Yes. And uh, Jonah has one. And he says, in response to my last question, I must say that when I wrote the question about the saddest moment, I was thinking of the end of Journey's End when Wilfred and the Doctor have the conversation in the rain. Now me and you have just watched that, Gav. Yes. Interesting Um, thing about the end of that story is that it just ends with the Doctor looking depressed mm -hmm. at the TARDIS console. Yes. When it was originally going to be uh, a Cyberman appearing. Do we know why Cyberman was going to appear? Because it was linking straight into the Christmas special right. with, uh-huh. the, with the Cyber King. Yes, uh-huh. But let's not trouble that. Yes. Uh, I actually thought, mm. you were saying about the, sad, that, mm. the saddest moment with Wilfred and Doctor in the Rain. Wilfred is fantastic. Yeah. I'll give you mm. that, certainly. But I right. think that yeah. sad. I think it was even more sad the scene before that. Yes, with uh, where he sat on the sofa. When he sat on the sofa with, yes. the, with the mum and yeah. Wilfred. Yes, and he's yeah. telling he's telling her he's telling the mother, mm. you know, uh, you, there's 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 planets in the universe where they will they will sing her name because because there are planets still in the sky. And she says, and he says she's the most important part in the universe. And she says, you don't need to tell me. I'm her mother, and he's like, "Well, why don't you tell her that?" Yeah, yeah, uh, that was a far more powerful scene for me than yeah, the bit in the rain. There, there's better. There, there, Wilfred mm. and Doctor have a fantastic scene in the end of time. Mm. They have fantastic scenes in the end. That of one time. in the cafe, that the was cafe, oh, or the one in the God, spaceship, yes, or the one in the spaceship. Mm. I remember that one. Anyway, we're not going to get yes. emotional again. This one. Is <laughs> a couple of quick questions, Miss Jonah. Yes. Are you ready for them? Yes. Martha Jones or Amy Pond? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Amy Pond. You are correct. Sonic yes. Coke or Lazy <laughs> Pepsi? Really? Lazy we, Pepsi? We're going, laser Pepsi. We're going Coke or Pepsi questions. So it was going to go Sonic Coke or Laser Pepsi. I thought, sorry, I thought it was Sonic Coke or Lazy Pepsi, and I would have chosen Lazy Pepsi. Well, as always, I'm going to have to go with Pepsi over Coke all the time. Well, I'm choosing Sonic Coke in that one. Then. Regardless of its state. Uh, which doctor has the best dress sense? Uh, and what do you think for this one? Go. I'm, I think I'm going to have to go with the third doctor. You're going to the third doctor? Yes, he, he had a spiffing velvet. Spiffing? Number. Have you ever yes. said spiffing before? Guys? I've probably <laughs> said spiffing many times. You sort of have. Yes. I will go with, I would say the ninth or the tenth doctors. Mm. Possibly the tenth. He had a little geek chic thing going. I like that. Mm. Not third doctor? There's nothing wrong with his, uh, his dress sense, no. I, th- I thought the third Doctor, he, like, he proper made an effort to dress up, whereas the rest of the Doctors just dressed in what they wanted. I thought the, the eighth Doctor, he, he, sort well, of, first, he made an effort so, to dress up, but not no, he didn't. as much as the third. No, he didn't. I think he did. The eighth Doctor just dressed up in the fancy dress costume he found in the hospital. Well, okay, if you put it like that. If I'm going to put it, what, what factually? <laughs> Is that the problem? First, second Doctor. First Doctor, he dressed the way he wanted to. Second Doctor, he dressed the way the first Doctor did, <laughs> but it didn't fit him. Third Doctor, he went all weird. Fourth Doctor, first, third Doctor, he dressed, yeah, he had his style. Fourth Doctor, 
you can't really say he dressed style. Yeah, he, he, I like the way he dressed, but you can't really yeah. say his style. So it it was very iconic. Doctor, same with Fifth Doctor, Sixth Doctor, which uh, Jonah says, I would have asked you which Doctor the worst trend says, but since, but I think the certain comet coat. Vomit coat. Vomit coat, not the vomit comet. <laughs> vomit coat may well take the biscuit. The vomit kiss biscuit. Um, seventh, I would say seventh, except for the fact he's got that. Fucking the question fucking mark. Fucking question mark jumper. Uh, we said the eighth, ninth, Eleventh Doctor, I don't think he has style. But bow ties are cool. He says bow ties are cool. I know. And they are. They aren't cool. They are. No, that's the quite doctor that. says they are. I'm no problem with the way he dresses, but that's going back to the whole mm. let's dress mm. weirdly to be the doctor thing. Mm. So that's what we say for that. Yes. And uh, this question is from uh, T-Row. Recently, I rewatched the 2011 <laughs> Christmas episode, The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. It struck me again as I was watching it that while, spoilers, sweetie, the father lives, the other crewmen on this plane are nowhere to be seen. Since the pilot doesn't seem to be in a rush to find the medical assistance, I can only assume everyone else on the plane is dead. It seems like a bit of a downer ending for the holiday special to me. I have two questions as follows. Number one. Yes. Which we'll answer first, since it is one. Yes. Do you have any other explanation of the fate of the crewman on the episode that doesn't leave me feeling just a little bit sad? Do you? Because I do. Well, I'm two. One of them will make you feel sad, the other one I don't. Won't make you feel sad. Well, to start with, I don't think they needed medical assistance. Okay. Because he didn't, why would they? Okay. So I think they are both fine and dandy, and uh, they just decided to take a kip. And uh, and gracefully, they didn't want to impede on uh, him meeting with his wife. I think two questions, I think two answers. I think he either ate them because he was hungry. <laughs> okay. This is the sad answer. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want a sad answer. All right. I said there are two. One is sad and one isn't. One that isn't is, if you notice when they're travelling through the time vortex... Mm. It's at night when they see the father up the plane. It's daytime. It seems likely to me they were traveling through time. No, that oh. they arrived. That 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 they arrived, and the other people thought, "Well, why are we staying around here? Why don't we go and find our family?" And mm-hmm. uh, while he waits for his, so he waited for his family. He waited to come for out his family. And then came out. He waited for his family. Or he just arrived and waited for his family, or whatever. But they uh, they went off because they're not going to sit around on the plane playing trumps or whatever. They're going to go and see this. They're going to go and see their family. But he did sit around and wait for his family to come out so he could meet them. Well, maybe he went inside for a bit, couldn't find them, then went back to the plane, and then they just appeared. Well, it was a bit of a madhouse, and they were in a different uh, universe or whatever that place was, different time, planet, galaxy. Hmm. But but yeah, I don't I don't see why they're no I really don't oh, see that they're dead at all. I think okay. I think that they've gone off to see their families for a happy ending with their that families as well. Is a fairly good explanation, I think. Yeah, I'm satisfied. I, I was quite pleased with that. I was quite pleased with the eating ending as well. But even less so. <laughs> <laughs> and part two to part the two, uh, yes. question is uh, in uh, the Who episodes. 
life is regarded as rather precious and instances like the above don't seem to happen much. Sure, people die, but not usually off screen or as a result of a possible oversight in writing. Listening to your reviews, it seems like the original series Doctor stories contain this sort of thing a lot more often. Would you agree or disagree with that assessment? And if you agree, do you have a favourite example of the Doctor just fucking off to leave people to a horrible fate? Off to position the atomic cannon, T-Roll. Excellent. So, in the newer episodes, life is sacrosanct, whereas in the older episodes, the Doctor doesn't give a fuck and go fucks off. Yes, and uh, leaving people to die a lot, apparently. I can't think of any particular examples. No, we, um, have, we have talked yes. about one. Yeah. I mean, in the uh, which Galaxy 4 that he did, he sort, of, well, he sort of fucked off to leave them to die. Well, yes, that's, that's the one, yes. Yeah. But he left them to die. If this was yeah. a new series, that would not have happened. He would have saved everyone. Hmm. That is my favourite answer. Yes. So that, that's probably the, the most obvious example of that happening. Yes, it was, but I don't think you can say all the original series episodes of Doctor Who are like that. I think you can mm-hmm. see, even in these ones we've done so far, the 20-odd, that it is changing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he had an earthly child, he was going to hit someone over the head with a rock. Yeah. And and in the last few episodes, you've seen him being a bit more sacrosanct about life. In fact, in Mythmakers, he did say that he was very strict about life, and he didn't want to kill people. Uh, he is getting a lot like that. Is it as the new series Doctor? New series Doctor is all about life. I know he is, but has he accidentally sort of just left people to die? No, I don't think he has. I, I mean, it could be completely wrong, but I would have to watch all the episodes again just to make sure. I mean, other than the times that he gives uh, his enemies an option, you either do this and you can live a lot of that, but if you're not, there's no... So that he's not giving any quarters and... And he will take them down and buy them, or they will die. He sort of gave a similar thing to the well, sort a, of vampires of Venice. I was going to say that, yeah, her yeah. from that, yeah. yeah. But she killed herself. It says, it, it were like, you either on my side or you're going to die. But, but I don't think he, choice, I don't think he it, said it, that, it but, but she, yeah. but she just, she just killed herself, basically. But that's the implication he sort of gives, though. Yeah. He, he, he's done that a few times with various enemies. He, he likes to give them a chance to save themselves, but if they don't save themselves by doing the right thing, he will leave them to die. But, as the new Doctor, he does give them that chance to save themselves. No second chance, which is a yeah, lie. Yeah. <laughs> no second... I, I mean, Especially at the latter end of the Tenth yeah, Doctor. Tenth Doctor, I'm a Doctor of no second chances, except for all the time after this episode. <laughs> uh, one more question. Yeah. Question is as follows: Is it one of you that fiddles with the bottle caps, or do you both of you share the responsibility? Love and yellow cardigans, Timber. Mm. Thank you for that yes. question. And it depends. Mainly, it's both of us. Yes, we do. We like the stereotype effect yeah. of the two bottle caps. Or ca- we don't really do cans anymore, do we? We did cans yes. in the early days, but not not anymore. Yes, it's it's mainly being bottles basically. But yes, I prefer the way beer tastes in, in in bottles. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, but yeah, generally we tend to open both of our bottles at the same time. Uh, occasionally, if one of us has a bottle, we'll share it. Like the chocolate yeah. beer, chocolate beer was shared, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Yeah, sometimes we share a beer. And... I wish I hadn't now, but you know, <laughs> I wish I drank it all myself. <laughs> I wish you'd have given me it all. <laughs> well, we were both in the same place where I bought the chocolate beer, and you were like, "No, I don't want chocolate beer." In fact, I and wish then I we didn't. got back here, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Why didn't I buy more chocolate beer? Because you're an idiot. That's why. I I think why didn't I buy more sixty minute APA IPA. APM, what's it? <laughs> you can write an email to drunkentimetravel at gmail.com or uh, drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com is our website and you can get reviews of other stories and also our new um, podcast, well, which is uh, on the same feed as well. And on Twitter we're at Drunk Time Travel. Yes. And I'm apparently doing all of this. So the last ten episodes yep. I'm are, just letting Gav do it all this time. Are only available on iTunes because Gav can't work iTunes. Feel free I can to work rate iTunes. Feel free to rate or comment. Next time <laughs> next time English Gav is doing he's written it down here. Yes. The Dalek thingy part one. <laughs> yes. I'm doing the Dalek thingy part one. Yes, the Dark Master Plan is a 12-episode story, so we're basically splitting into two, one week after the other. Yeah, I'm doing the first one. And You're the, doing parts one to six, I will do The annoying Irish one over there is doing the second one. <laughs> so, as we reach the bottom of our glasses, we say soupy twist. Soupy twist, guys. In the next episode, you'll hear Irish Gav... And you'll also hear English Gav say, Dalek Steve!